Today's guest on the podcast is Diana Isaac, founder of Winerist. We discussed her wine origin story in Moldova, the unique position in the marketplace that Winerist assumes, and the practicalities of making it all work. Enjoy. I was quite fortunate growing up, actually. I, am, I, I was born in Moldova, uh, which is currently one of the more emerging wine destinations of Eastern Europe. We historically have made a lot of very bad wine, and um, now we're, we're doing our best in attempting to make good wine. So um, uh, the kind of wine that I, I was exposed to growing up was the bad kind, but um, it was the process and, and I guess the learning that I got along the way that was the highlight of it. My, my grandfather was a mathematician, he was a professor. And um, his way of switching off and relaxing was to make wine. Uh, so he had a tiny farm out of the city where he used to go. It was escapism in its purest form. He used to go on his own and then the grandchildren came along and we, we went with him. So uh, he had a, a small plot of land where he planted uh, mainly Cabernet Sauvignon, um, a little bit of Pinot Noir, um, quite a bit of indigenous grape varieties like uh, Fetasca Alba, which is what we do a lot in, in Moldova. And he used to really s- treat these vines with utmost respect and love. And he used to speak to them. He used to go and check on them. He used to always show us, you know, with the greatest precision how they were growing week on week. So um, it was really exciting to to see that passion in him from a, from, you know, from a, a very young age. Um, my first memory of this is probably when I was about four. Um, and then um, in during harvest, obviously, we got to stomp the grapes. Um, I don't think he actually let us stomp the grapes that he was using for making wine. Um, but um, he uh, he did let us do that. And then he, he told us a lot about the fermentation process. Uh, he had three very big oak barrels um, that he used to um, uh, renew. He, used to, he, he would get new ones every few, few years. And then um, from the age of about seven, he used to give us a little bit of wine to drink um, with dinner uh, to my parents' shock and horror. Uh, but he, he, he thought it was really, really important that you know, we get to taste it and learn, and learn about it from a young age. Um, so th- those are my first recollec- recollections of wine. Um, obviously coming from a, a, a wine country, or a, um, a country that makes a lot of wine, we um, have a lot of passion and love for agriculture and everything that is related to winemaking. It's something that we grow up with. Um, and um, the national statistics shows that 90% of Moldovans are actually involved in winemaking in some way or another. So, you know, with, to a population of 3 million, that is quite a bit. Um, and um, it was only natural that um, I, you know, have had developed this passion and this love for 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 wine and but frankly i didn't really learn about the the true power of of wine and i didn't really get to taste many great wines until i was quite a bit older i have recollections of myself um, uh, at uh, parties when i was a student i sat there with a bottle of wine that i had bought from marks and spencers i had a very very tight budget but i would go and buy a cabernet sauvignon or um, a Chardonnay. I discovered very, very early on that I didn't really like many white wines, mm. and I think that's because my knowledge of what wine was really about was really, really limited. So bear in mind, this was 
I was 20, 21. Um, and then uh, the first job that I got was a job in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best a period of my life, but um, thanks to my job, I actually got to taste really great wines. Um, so a bunch of client meetings followed, you know, having to know what what to say and how to talk about wine and how to choose a wine <laughs> was a really challenging one, actually. Um, and I remember starting to really read up on it. And, you know, from memory, obviously, I remembered grape varieties and had, had very basic knowledge of it. But um, I all of a sudden realized that there was there was a science to wine you know there is there's is so much more to the industry that than one can assume so um i started to get into the geeky aspect of it so bought myself a bunch of books um started learning about various regions got really curious about the regions around the world that were growing the same grape varieties as moldova mm-hmm. so um started started focusing a lot on on the old world um and Around the same time, I actually met my now husband, um, and we um, went on a, an epic wine trip that started in London. Uh, we hired a minibus with uh, eight of our uh, amazing and equally crazy friends, and uh, the journey started in London, went to Paris. Then from Paris, we drove down to Champagne, then we drove down to Burgundy, Provence, and into Tuscany. We stayed in Tuscany for a week, and then all the way back, we did Piedmont and back into Champagne and back into London. Um, and we did all of that trip on uh, Jancis Robinson's Wine Atlas. We used the map. That took place in 2011. So um, when, um, when we got to Burgundy, that's where the toughest part of the, the journey was because we kept on knocking on winemaker doors and everybody was telling us that they're shot for lunch or they're shot and this was the height of season this was July and we went to probably 10 wine wineries and uh, we couldn't get a visit anywhere and then we tried to find a, a brasserie where we could go and have lunch and we couldn't do that either um, and because uh, a lot of our accommodation for the trip was left to the last minute we really struggled to get a place to stay in Provence so when we came back to London I told my husband, I said, look, it would be so amazing if there was some sort of trip advisor for, yeah. for wine travel. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? And uh, he said, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't you go and do it? So um, I did. <laughs> yeah. um, and, that's, and that's how the idea for Winerist was born. It, it took, took a lot of time and research. And I looked a, a lot at the market. And there, there was a lot of activity in the space taking taking um, place around me. I could see that there are some companies that were doing wine tourism to um, in various forms, but none of them were doing this online. Um, and none of them were trying to build a marketplace for wine experiences. And obviously food experiences, because wine and food go together mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, the indicator that the market was ready was mo- mostly mainly the fact that from 2008, to 2012, the number of wine bars and wine restaurants in London has literally quadrupled. You know, you could see um, an emerging wine, a really, really cool, quirky wine shop in, you know, in Kensington and in Shoreditch. You could see a really fun wine bar in the city and in Marylebone. And you could also see that there was this contagion effect and they were networks, so also franchises and, you know, um, same owners opening up um, uh, variations of 
that particular wine bar in various neighborhoods of London, which is one of the most spectacular and special things about London. You have these amazing neighborhoods where people become very, very loyal to you know the place where they go to, and people my age, you know, people in their late twenties, really, really getting into wine and discovering wine and wanting to know about it. Um, I remember making a call to the WACT. And I asked them at the time, I said, so, you know, have you seen any uptake in terms of the number of people who are doing the course? And they said, yes, actually, interestingly enough, we've seen a, an increase of 30% in the last five years. Um, and mostly it's coming from non-wine professionals. So I thought, ah, oh, bingo, you know, this, this is an indicator that the market is, is getting there. We just need to figure out how do we, how do we get not just the wine to the consumer, but mm. we also take them on an experience, mm. on an amazing wine experience when they're in the destination that they love the wine of. That's brilliant. I mean, I love those stories that that very organically really show exactly the problem that you were trying to solve. So, you know, I think I think a lot of people can probably relate to, to what you're saying there. And if you turn up in a wine town on the wrong day or at the wrong time, then, you know, you really are out of luck. Um, I'm curious, really, you know, I, I think I I really want to share something, you know, a little bit more on the business side of things. And in a sense, you know, we've already seen and we've already heard about the problem. Now that Winerist is a few years old, you know, take us, take us, um, I guess, through the journey of how you, I guess, first sought to solve that problem. And, and um, yeah, a little bit about what it looks like now with your relationships between the wine growing areas and the end consumer. So one of the, the first problems that Winerist tried to solve was um, this um, ability to bring wineries, tour operators, and small wine hotels online. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the fact that the consumer, um, as we've seen in the last few years, is going more down the experiential route. So they want something that is unique. They don't want to be going to big hotels. They want to. They don't want to have the exact same experience that everyone else is having. They don't want just a cooking class. They want a cooking class with a local. So we... We had to do a lot of uh, research in terms of sourcing the experiences. So for us, the biggest um, t- uh, problem wasn't actually the the demand side. It was mostly the supply. So mm-hmm. we had to work region by region and identify the experiences that we really wanted to put in front of our customer. The tendency when you get very excited about an idea is to bring everyone online. Mm-hmm. So you go and you find experiences and you think that they're a great fit and um, that's exactly what we did and um, three years down the line we realized that more than a third of what we had there was completely irrelevant so we actually went and uh, selected those experiences then and since then we we do that process of selection every three to four months so we renew experiences we take them off the side because we think that if they don't work they don't work and there is no point in um, in basically marketing a product that is not suitable for your customer base so that, that was the first challenge and it's, it still is a challenge um, the second thing that we are finding increasingly is the fact that wineries um, is what the consumer is most interested in so they you know they do want an organized store they want sometimes they do want a group tour but what appeals to them the most in that whole um, equation or um, kind of setup is the winery that they're going to go and visit. So they have quite clear ideas in their mind as to whom they want to go and visit, you know, what kind of experience do they want to have. 
they want to have a memorable lunch. They obviously want to shake the hand of the winemaker. You know, they want to see the winemaker's dog. They mm-hmm. want to do some off-road driving and go and keep, pick some grapes. So um, we realized that our biggest problem, one of our biggest problems was going to be bringing winemakers online. So mm-hmm. connecting them to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Because what do winemakers want to do? They want to make wine. And that is exactly what they should be doing. Um, so we had to provide them with a solution that was going to be simple and easy and smart and, and was going to bring them uh, online in a very quick way. So we gave them a very basic tool for listing their experiences with us. And we said to them, look, just leave it to us to take care of the marketing. We will bring the tourists to your cellar door. All you have to do is focus on making the wine and then just give the tourists a really special experience when they get there. And then the third thing was going to that that we've tried to do. And it's one of our proudest moment is creating interesting content about wine travel. We don't want people to be falling down the, you know, um, to be going down tourist traps and having really terrible experiences uh, when it comes to wine wine travel. We want them to have something to, to, through us, we want to give them access to something that is truly special. It doesn't mean that they get access to the best chateaus or the most luxurious properties or um, that is not our core business model. But what we are trying to do is we're trying to give them experiences that are unforgettable. Yes, we do work with uh, Mouton and we do work with Chateau Margaux and we do work with many other properties in Champagne that are, you know, like Tatanger and so on. But we do take a lot of pride in those small and medium-sized uh, winemakers that uh, give you the truly, truly special experience. So for us, the the core of what we do and the way in which we acquire customers is we create a lot of really interesting content about wine and winemakers and wine destinations. So our online magazine, which has actually just launched, relaunched, um, is where we publish a lot of really interesting, very fresh, very educational information. It's actually really dangerous to use the word education, but um, really, really interesting information about why to visit a particular winery mm-hmm. and, and what are you to expect there. And this is exactly where we want the customers to be going in the future. We want them to have, we want, want them to have that really, really special experience, something that they will, they will remember for many years to come. And then, you know, they've gone with us to Bordeaux and they'll come back to book, yeah. you know, Portugal with us and and California and so on. Yeah. As, as you're talking there, I'm actually thinking back, you know, I, I agree. I think all of those experiences of actually meeting the winemaker, tasting from the barrel, and as you say, yeah, meeting the family and, 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 and really, you know, meeting some of the, what I found to be some of the most hospitable people in the world um, is a big part of what I do. Um, and that, kind of comes baked into me going out and, and visiting um, winemakers. I'm curious, though, for somebody who isn't like me and, and is, has got another job and you know, is doing something perhaps you know, very much um, city-focused, yeah, who, who are you looking to reach and, and, and who is responding to, to that approach that you just outlined? Over the years, we've found out that they, our customer tends to be someone who already likes wine. So not somebody who is, has heard that a wine tour might be a really good idea when they go to Dora, the Dora Valley. I'm sure that there are a lot of customers like that out there, but they don't tend to come to us, um, mostly because they're just looking for, for a commercial experience. And in that space, there are a lot of um, activity providers that we are ultimately competing with. What we find is that uh, the customer that comes to us tends to be, yes, the city worker and, you know, the um, accountant and the actor and the media uh, guy who wants to, ha- knows that they like 
let's say, port and they would like to go to the Douro Valley. Um, and they also tend to know what kind of producers they like. Mm-hmm. So they've tasted a certain wine and they have remembered the producer or they've tasted uh, a wine from a specific region and they remember the sub-region and they come to us and they will find experiences that will be in line with exactly what they're searching for, mo- mostly because of our SEO and because of the way that we place our content on the site. So it is very wine-centric and very much targeting that type of consumer. Um, our sweet spot is probably um, the the kind of customer who um, is um, is going on on holiday with with friends mm-hmm. or family, um, and they already um, and they they know that they are going there because the wine the wine of their destination is something that they're really interested in they're not going just for the wine and you know the vast majority of the time our customers they don't go on a seven day wine trip Mm -hmm. very very rarely you know that is probably one percent of our business Mm -hmm. most of the time they just want to have a really amazing immersive cultural wine and food experience in a particular destination because you know let's be honest seven days you and i have both done it seven days of wine tastings back to back it can be quite you know Quite, quite a lot of hard work people don't believe me you know they always laugh and say oh your job is so much fun I'm like well you try and go to you know to south africa for 10 days and and wake up at six o'clock in the morning and have a wine at eight i taste the wine at eight it can it can be so when when we do when they do come to us they they tend to have a really relaxed experience if they do a self-drive tour then they can select let's say three wineries that they want to visit in a day or one and then they can choose um, a recommendation for lunch from our site. Um, or if they do want us to organize a tour for them with pickup and with drop-off. And then they've either got the option of doing a group tour or they do a, a you know a private tour. Mm-hmm. And, and um, they, the vast majority of the time we feel that if they do a private tour, it, they never stick to the, to the itinerary because they always you know, end up having a longer lunch or they end up having a longer chat with one of the winemakers and, or end up buying more wine you know, than they initially anticipated um, and get distracted by the, I don't know, the hammock that you know, yeah, is, yeah. Um, is at the back of the winemaker's house. So we, um, we, we, we find that, as I said, they tend to know a little bit more about wine or they tend to know what wine they like. Um, and if they don't, what we've done in the last few months is we've elaborated this really um, interesting travel guides to each of the destinations. So if you're someone who would like to go to the Dora Valley but do not know much about it, you can read on there and it has our recommendations from our experts and it gives you a very brief, you know, um, overview of what the destination is about. Here are the top three tours that you need to try. Here are the restaurants that you should consider booking if you're going on your own or don't want to have to help you organize it. And, and just loads of really free, interesting tips. Um, that you can just download from the website and you know mm-hmm. print out or put on your iPhone and mm-hmm. smartphone and and go on a trip with it. So, as I said, you know I don't like to use the word education, but we do like to give a lot of free information. Um, we think that is really important. And if we are if we are going to appeal to this type of consumer, mm-hmm. we need to give them information that differentiates us from the rest of the market. So it's not just buy the store, buy the store. You know, yeah. here here are your options. Want to book it? Great. Don't want to book it? Here's what you can do in the form of a self-drive experience, um, and that is why it's so important to bring the winemakers online. We think that mm. the future is going to be a lot more around bringing wineries 
on the platform so that those customers who are really interested in that particular wine can just go to the winery. They can book a, a visit there directly, you know, so they don't have to be stuck on a, on a tour with other people and, or, you know, they, they don't have to be restricted. Um, and worth saying that our tours are a small, you know, four to eight people max, and we don't do bus tours. We do not do bus tours, ever. <laughs> Having spent some, some time on the, on the consumer side, I'm, I'm keen to jump back onto the supply side. Um, I'm really fascinated by the idea of making it easy to get the winemakers on the platform because I, I know and you know it's always been my field that they'd love nothing more than to just be making wine all the time and to be out in the field. So yeah, talk us through what were, what were the critical um, yeah the critical steps that you put in place to, to making sure that you, you've got this steady supply of, of producers coming online. So this year we did something that we feel will change the way that we we run wine tools uh, to the wineries in in the next five five to ten years mm. well hopefully a lot longer than that yeah. we 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 found um that the wineries that we were bringing online um they had very limited uh time in terms of you know how many tours they could do per week because a lot of them are small medium-sized and they don't really they're not in the business of wine tourism they're not big commercial wineries napa style so um that was one problem the second problem was the fact that they don't have the time to invest in the website so they can't be build rates management systems and so on so what we've done is we've given them access to our uh, to our platform so they can list their tools on there but from january 1st what we're doing is we are launching a b2b solution for wineries alone which means that they will be able to use it to place a calendar on their website and list their visits. So not only will they be able to take visits directly on their platform, but it will also give us real-time availability on all tours. Mm -hmm. And what they will do is, that will mean that we don't have to call them anymore, they don't have to call us, they don't have to go in online and check availability on a constant basis, they don't have to update their rates all the time. They can do it at the beginning of the month and then whenever somebody books a visit, they just book it, it's blocked out, forget about it. You just know that you have to have a tour guide mm -hmm. who needs to be there at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, and then with, with this particular uh, tool, what we're hoping to do is we're hoping to miss out on opportunities. At the moment, because so very few wineries are online, we tend to um, say no to around 40% of our customers. Mm -hmm. So we, when it comes to booking a visit to the vineyard, almost half of the time, that visit is not available. So we want to be able to offer an alternative. Either offer an, alter an alternative for a date, a different date tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, very quick, or be able to offer a winery nearby if that particular vineyard is not is not available. And we, we've actually just launched a, um, a survey for the industry um, that is asking wineries all these questions around how can we make wine tourism more pain-free, less painful, less stressful, and less techy because you know, we don't want to be making wineries, um, we don't want to make them build websites. That is not, yeah. that is, that would be foolish. Yeah. Um, so we, this solution is going to really make their life a lot easier. And the other thing with this, with this tool, is we're hoping that we can show them the true value in wine tourism. Even if they can take 30 or 40% more wine tourists through Winerist in the future, and take them, um, accept them at the cell door and sell tours to them, we hope that they can start seeing that it immediately has um, an impact on how much wine they sell. 
both at the cellar door as well as post-trip. We know that the sole purpose of wine tourism is to sell wine. It's not something that we're in the business of. We do not sell wine, we do not buy wine, but our main goal is to send tourists to the to the wineries so that they can sell wine. We don't want it to be disruptive. We want them to continue making great wine. We want to be continuing, you know, to drink this great wine. So that is that is where we are at the moment. So there is a, a tech element to this, um, but we will take care of all the, the tech techie headaches and you know hand over the solution to the wineries uh, we're onboarding about uh, 300 of them in the next few months and we're hoping that uh, we can we can continue uh, growing the database of vineyards at a very fast pace to to the extent where we can have a hundred recommended wineries per uh, destination um, and to make sure that a our customers are not disappointed and they can always be guaranteed to have an amazing visit and b that our wineries you know never are never left without without the visitors um, if that is what they they're interested in of course so um, the maths of this is very simple there is no cost to the wineries to um, add the um, the tool onto their website there is no cost to the winery to list on the winerist a website there is a commission on every single sale that is done through the platform so if we do send visitors to to the customer to the sorry if we do send visitors to the winery then we take a commission mm-hmm. if the winery takes a visit through the tool through the b2b tool that we're offering them then we take a commission so although they are not paying us for the technology they're paying us a very small symbolic commission of three percent for every single visitor that goes to the cellar door. So um, it's a success uh, fee only. Um, and it's not something that will be taxing the wineries. It is not something that they that you know involves them spending a lot of money on a monthly basis. Um, we were very convinced and keen on the idea that it can't cost anything on a monthly basis because winemakers uh, wineries they find it very difficult to justify those marketing costs and those mm-hmm. uh, listing costs uh, we know how how much it, it is to actually have a stand at an event we know how much it is to pay for literally every single you know corner of table that you know you you use at a trade show so we did not want to add on to onto that so the tool will remain free, but as I said, there will be a, a commission for every single successful transaction that takes place through through the tool. Um, and we think that that's, that that should make should make everyone very happy. At Winerist, we are fundamentally trying to build the biggest community for wine lovers. We are connecting the winemakers to the wine lovers. We are connecting the tour guides to the wine lovers. We are connecting the tour guides to the winemakers. Mm. We are bringing wine hotels on the platform and more importantly, we're bringing it all together beautifully through the online magazine by creating interesting, relevant and unique content on wine, food and travel. Our aim is to bring everyone who loves wine and spirits to the platform so that they can not only not only will, will they find the best experience that they want to uh, to do in, in a particular destination, but they can also learn something different about wine. Maybe, you know, even, um, you know, if they've come back from, from, from the Dora Valley and they brought back some, some wine or some port and they would like to know what to pair that with, we would like for them to be able to find that information in our magazine. Um, we, are, we have a very, um, I would say, innovative video 
content strategy, mm-hmm. um, uh, now podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, this is this is the place where we want wine lovers to come and, and find all resources about wine, wine and spirits, and, and, and be able to to feel like they're having a wine experience even if they're not in wine country. It's, it's about being able to, to have that, that learning experience, that immersive experience when you're back home as well. So how do you do that? You do that in your kitchen by cooking something and pairing it with the wine that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, but friends of mine always say, oh, why doesn't an Albarino always taste the same way at home? Well, because, you know, because there's the food involved and there's the air and there's the sea breeze and all those elements. So in our busy, hectic, stress lives in you know especially around big cities we want we want our our community to feel connected and to feel like they share and read content that is interesting and when they're ready they book an experience with us and they can go and have the best trip of their lives thank you so much diana it was a real pleasure speaking with you i've left the winerist website and social media below as ever, I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Interpreting Wine on Instagram and Facebook, at Wine Podcast on Twitter, and hello at interpretingwine.com. See you next time. <laughs>